You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. One of the themes of the tractate of Challah is that the Mishnah keeps on comparing Challah to other kinds of offerings. <coughs> and it keeps on comparing Challah to uh, different kinds of... It, it, it compares to things we can and can't do with Challah with other festivals, and particularly Pesach. So the, the parallel between Pesach and Challah comes very, very strongly through the Masachet. Maybe that's natural because Challah is all about dough that we bake and Pesach is all about dough that we, uh, well, we, we might bake it in a certain way, but generally we don't eat it. And we're going to come back. We're going to f- come back to these two parallels between, uh, let's say, Challah and Truma and Challah and Pesach as we close off the first chapter of the Masachet. And we're also going to come back to the question of purpose and intent. You remember that we closed yesterday with this quantity of dough that the baker was going to mix. If he mixed it for himself and then sold it out to a bunch of people, then it required challah. If the bunch of people each contributed a part of the dough and got him to mix it up, then it was considered, if uh, providing that the quantity they contributed was small enough not to require challah, challah wasn't required. So the physical situation is exactly the same. But if you like, the purpose or the intent or the ownership was different. And we're going to pick up today in the 8th Mishnah with the same kind of idea. Isat haklavim, dough that belongs to dogs. Literally translated. I mean, I've said dough for dogs, but isata klavim is dough, do, dog dough, dog dough. Bizman she'arim ochlim imenu chayevet b'chala. If the shepherds eat it, it's subject to chala. And it's subject to a whole bunch of other things. And if it, the shepherds don't eat it, it's not going to be subject to chala. And a whole bunch of other things won't apply. So this Mishnah, if you like, is, is to, made up of two mirror image parts. And it's exactly the same substance, but the fate or the liability of this of this dough depends on what we do with it. And, you know, many of us aren't familiar with dog dough. <laughs> it's not a... I mean, I suppose we have dog food today, actually. You can go to the supermarket and buy dog food that a human being wouldn't eat. And this is exactly what the Rambam says. I brought the Rambam for you just after the Mishnah. Because he explains what dog dough is. He says, Isata klavim, dog dough. Who shall ashinotabam but more sana? This is dough that you need with bran. You need it with bran. So it's healthy dough. Nowadays you do that for, you know, you'd sneak it into your husband's uh, bread just to make him a healthier person. It's kneaded with bran or similar stuff, but it's intended for dogs. It's la la klavim. And similar creatures, shelo yochal mimenu shum adam, that a person would never eat from it. And why is it not subject to challah? Well, he explains, actually, he goes back to one of the psukim that we looked at when we began the tractate. He says, it's not subject to 
challah because Hashem Yidbarach, because God said, that is to say the Torah says, you bring challah when you eat from the bread of the land. We remember right at the beginning, we found these psukim. They came from the end of the Pasha of Shlach. After the failure to go into the land, the people are given this mitzvah of challah. And they're told, when you come into the land, it's very specific, which I'm going to bring you into. It shall be when you eat of the bread of the land. Then you shall offer up a gift. If the bread is not, if you're not going to eat it, it's not subject to challah. That's the bottom line. And so we're going to find out if, so dough for dogs, it's not, if, if we don't eat it, if we do eat it, if the shepherds eat it, it's subject to challah. We can use it to make an eruv. So we can you could use it to make an eruv chatzerot uh, or an eruv tchumim. If we need to walk more than 2,000 amot on Shabbat, we can uh, leave a little bit of food at the edge of the tchum and then that allows us to have an extra 2,000 amot beyond there. Or we can make an eruv chatzarot with, uh, let's say, in a block of flats or a, uh, houses around a courtyard where we live. Or a shituf. A shituf is a way of joining together multiple courtyards. Shituf means uh, um, shared ownership, basically. And you can join multiple courtyards, each of which has houses living off it. If you can put some food in the middle and consider it shared. And and dog dough is fine for that, providing the shepherds are are eating it. And the same applies, by the way, we, we, um, we, um, uh, Mavarachim Alehe, we make a blessing over it. Muzamnim Alehe, we make a zimun over it. We can make it, we can make it on a festival. Naaseit Biyomtev. What's the difference between a festival and Shabbat? Well, on a festival, you can make food for human consumption. Ein bain, uh, you make food ochel nefesh for human consumption. So you can cook food for humans, but not for dogs. And then the converse. If the shepherds don't eat it, it's not subject to challah. And you can't use it to make an Arab or a shituf. And we don't say a blessing over it. And we don't make a zimun over it. And you can't make it on a festival because it's not human food. And, oh, I forgot to say, we're going to come back. To, we keep on coming back to Pesach. If the shepherds eat it, you can fulfill your obligation on Pesach with it. And if the shepherds don't eat it, you can't. You need to fulfill your obligation of um, matzah. We could make this dough into matzah, right? If we baked it really quickly before it had time to ferment. But only if the shepherds ate it. And in either case, ben kach lekach, mit tamar tumat, tumat ochlin. It can become tamar in either case because it's wet. It's basically wet food. So any wet food can, can become tamar. So that's the dog's dough. Now we're and and that's the dog's dough. And now we're going to go on and we're going to close the chapter here with truma. And we we know about truma now, so a lot of these halachot will be familiar to us. But as we've talked about the dog's dough and Pesach and challah, we're going to talk about challah and truma and how they work and how they don't work. And again, we're going to this is a mirror image. Mishnah, we're going to draw the parallels. It's almost like halachic poetry, this Mishnah. Ha truma. The chala, both chala and truma. 
one's liable for the death penalty. That's if one eats it. Um, and the extra fifth. If we remember, if we de redeem Truma, we know all these halachon. These are familiar. If we redeem it, we need to add an extra fifth. And we've learned, by the way, it's not a fifth, it's a quarter. But you you end up with five quarters. Asarin lazarim, they're forbidden to non-priests. They're the property of the priest. Then ve'olin be'echad umea, they go up in 101, i.e. they can be nullified if you've got one in 101. Or one, uh, well, one of one in a hundred, anyway. Echad umea. Ve'tunin rechitza shemesh, and they need the washing of your hands and the setting of the sun. If you're tameh, then you need to wash and you need to wait for the sun to set before you can. Uh, before you can, be, the priests can't eat their trummer until they've washed their hands and the sun has set, until the stars have come out. And then we go on to say, We don't. We can't take from the pure. For the tummy, we learnt about that when we learnt about trauma. It's always like for like, and we always take from what is close. Ela what something that is really close to us. We always take from finished produce. We learned that in the in the Mishnah of Trumot. And then finally, Haomer, Kol Gorni Truma Vechol Isati Chala. We're going to make another parallel between truma and chala. Someone who says, all of my dough is chala, or all of my threshing floor is truma. Lo amar klum. He has not said anything. It, it is completely ineffectual. You can't take chala and you can't take truma by saying the whole of my threshing floor is truma or the whole of my threshing floor is chala. Because you've got to leave something over. Ad sheyishayer miktsat. You've got to have something left over. And the Rambam is going to explain this. And he goes back to our Pesukim. I mean, the Ram, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, again, I brought you the Rambam just because he's incredibly clear because he relates it back to the Pesukim that we learned when we started the Masachet. He says, unless there's something left over, the issue is in 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 lo nikra reshit ela im nishar It's not called first unless some is left over. The text says from the first and not all the first. Let's go back to the pasuk. You you shall offer up a cake. Of the first of your dough, reshit arisotechem chalatarimu truma, and then may reshit arisotechem titnulashem. From the first of your dough, you shall give to the Lord. I think it's from the first which the Rambam is going to focus on. Let's have a look. Uh, he says. May exactly vehu amram may reshit from the first velo kol reshit. You have to say take from the first, but not all of the first. And thus we rule as halacha in the tractate of Truma, and he refers back to, of course, our pasuk. So that's the close of the first chapter of Chala. We've learnt about parallels between Chala and Truma, 
We've learned about parallels between Challah and Pesach. We're, we're sewing all these threads together. And we've also learned, just as we did, by the way, in the tractate of Trumot, that there's a question of purpose and intent, that the same physical substance can be treated differently in Halakha depending on how you, what you do with it. Yeah, the, the, the dog's dough is the same whether the shepherds eat it or not, but its status is different. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.